0: Hi folks, Gary Kelly here from GK Media. Now more than ever, people are realising the importance of having a good website and how a business can survive by operating online. Check out our first podcast with our web designer Rory, which will give you loads of tips and practical advice to grow your business. This podcast, Gary Talks, is all about giving you the knowledge and skills to lead in your industry. Please follow GK Media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy. This is a GK Media podcast. Hi folks, Gary Kelly here. And uh, today I'm joined by our colleague Rory McNicholas, uh, who works with us here at GK Media. And we're going to be having a discussion about websites. The whole idea is to give you the tools, the skills, the knowledge to know about how to make an effective website for yourself because ultimately you want a website that brings in as much revenue as possible we want to talk about the pros the cons the platforms dealing with social media integrating social media uh, and pretty much everything you need to know in terms of having a successful website so hopefully uh, you'll find the discussion insightful informative and to really put your website ranking high on the search engines out there. So Rory, thanks for joining us today. Thank you too. Happy to be here. How long have you been designing websites? So I first got started when I was 12 years old.
1: So I'm 23 now. Um had an older one of these Mac computers at home uh, back when they came with iWeb. So mm-hmm. I first yeah, sat down around the age of 12 and from there just kind of slowly started to climb hobby, part-time job, full-time job. Excellent. So about 10 years doing it about five years doing it professionally
0: okay so it's it's, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years it uh, has really, yeah it's really gained momentum
1: so i suppose it's become more prolific and um, there's kind of two worlds out there now there's the physical world and there's the virtual world which is getting bigger and bigger so yeah it has changed a lot um, a lot of the barriers for entry have come down so it's more important now than ever to have a website, but it's also easier to manage it yourself and to get stuff up on it.
0: Yeah, I always see a website as a shop. So I, I, you know, you have your your social media posts or your, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, you're directing people to go to your website ultimately where your shop is. So, you know, your Google ads, your blogs, everything that you're putting out there online, especially through social media platforms, that's really to encourage people to actually go and visit your website. Why? Because that's where all the goods are on display. So that's why I call it a shop. You call it uh, the virtual shop, really, isn't it? Exactly,
1: yeah. And just like you wouldn't be letting your storefront fall into disarray or look bad, uh, same thing with the, the the virtual side of it. So it needs to look good, needs to be informative, needs to show people what you do, how you do it, when you do it. Um, so really in this day and age, everyone needs an online presence, um, be that a Facebook page or a website, the latter is better, but we can chat about mm. that later on. Um, so I can throw a couple of stats at you okay. to, to show why that's important. So 90% of people that do a search haven't decided what they're gonna buy. So if 100 people go online looking for a phone, 90 of those haven't decided which phone they're gonna get yet. Um, 78% of location-based mobile searches, bit of a mouthful here, result in an offline purchase. So if you've uh, 100 people in Galway search for Moleskine Notebook Galway, 78% of those are gonna walk straight into Eason or Dubray Books and make a purchase um 82% of smartphone shoppers search near me so okay. if people go up to Dublin for the day they'll search coffee shop near me restaurant near me so the bottom line is if you're not online you're not going to get found but more important than the stats is just look at what your friends do when they're buying stuff what do your family do what do your colleagues do they're taking out their phone they're putting in the name of a business or a product so if you're not there you're not in the ball game
0: yeah and i've noticed with our website going in at the back end looking at the stats in the last seven years those who visit our website at the start was very much from a desktop and it's gone the complete other way now where most visits are from mobile phones
1: it has yeah um not sure the exact stat but i think it's maybe 70 80 for most websites these days so it's important that when you're putting a website together it's what we call mobile responsive so it needs to look good on four main things your desktop your laptop your tablet and your mobile phone so often when people are putting it together they're usually building it on a desktop since it's a you know easier machine to work from than your phone so an important thing is to not forget that the majority of people are actually going to be checking that out from their phone so if you are putting it together yourself, or if you do have a website up already, you might have never looked from it from a mobile phone. So important to check it out on the phone and make sure that it's that it's uh, yeah
0: looks good. Yeah, and two platforms that we had our website on before as well. You know, we put in so much work into making it look good on the desktop, but then when you looked at it through a, a mobile phone browser, completely all over the place you know the text didn't match the photograph that was shown in the earlier version the videos wouldn't play um, just disaster um, so it's it's something you need to be fully aware of I think going in at the start that whatever platform you're going on this will match up on mobile as it will on desktop you know because the amount of work you have to put in is um, you know you, you want to get your your time well spent.
1: Exactly, yeah. And um, an important thing for any website is it has to be what we call usable. So if people can't find something, they will not spend time waiting. If, I'm sure their website looks fine on mobile, but if we say do big books, I was saying for Moleskin, if people can't find what they want, if it's slow, if it's difficult to navigate in any way, people are gone. Um, you know, people expect things, Instantly on the internet. They expect it to work. They expect it to look good and they expect it to be easy So if a a good rule of thumb is don't make me think and there's actually a book by that name on website usability If you do start to make people think they don't get happy. They leave your website say
0: lost All right, okay, very good. I suppose a good trick as well is have your images compressed um so that they're not taking up too much space so everything is loading fast on your pages when people are going to them but also uh, a good trick as well is to actually name your images so don't have it like photo two. have it like gk media galway video production or whatever the photo is related to so when people are actually doing their google searches and they might just do gk media video that that image then will tag in with uh, kind of pushing people towards the website
1: it does yeah if it's a bunch of letters and numbers it's not good for seo um, which is search engine optimization for anyone that doesn't know and like you said if it's you know a five megabyte image that's gonna be slow to load Uh, especially again always have to be thinking of mobile people out on their 3g network Mm -hmm. it's one thing being at home being in the office and having your wi-fi connection it might load nice and quick but when people are out about on their phones which you know the stats tell us most people are if you know if it takes more than five six seconds, people are one click away from the back button, yeah. and the back button goes
0: to your competitors' back to their Google search. Uh, going back to what I was saying there, it starts as well about the shop. I mean, we must remember as well. Let's say we're selling a variety of products, um, and you're doing a. a an advertising campaign online. Uh, You could have your your Facebook posts, Twitter posts, Instagram posts, LinkedIn posts, blogs, maybe video snippets, all that sort of thing. You're pushing people towards your website. Now you mightn't execute or get exactly all the traction that you're hoping for or the sales, but you're bringing them to your website. They're getting the chance to see all the other stuff that you have available. So like, I think people need to see the bigger picture of, trying to kind of get all these dangling carrots. But ultimately, the more people you can get to your website, the more that they can see all the variety of services or products that you have on offer. Uh, And that can be huge then, uh, in terms of revenue during the year.
1: It is for sure. So there's kind of three levels I would say to online presence. The first that anyone that's listening right now can go out and set up in a couple of minutes is called a Google My Business page. Mm. So if you look up the name of a business on Google, often you'll get this little box over on the right, um, which you can put some very useful information into your Google Map location, front of your shop, opening hours, phone numbers, people can ask questions. Is there car parking? Is it wheelchair accessible? That's free to set up, very easy to do couple of minutes of filling out some stuff for google they send you a postcard yeah they give you your little (laughs) code and there you go that's a good first step next then is to get on social media so again uh pretty easy to set up a facebook page these days you can get up and running you can put up your photos your opening hours and whatnot but the website then is the next level so a couple of issues with facebook one is the advertising so if you're running a cafe facebook now knows you're interested in cafes ads start popping up for cafes on the side so if someone's looking on your facebook page they can get pulled away to all your competitors who are now showing up on the sidebar which isn't good facebook uh, is distracting by Mm -hmm. nature so someone could be about to look at your opening hours but ah a mate has popped up in Messenger, do you want to go to the pub later on? Yeah. Or a family member has just had a child and they're sending you pictures of the baby. Great and all, but then you're pulled away from the Facebook page. You don't get too much control, mm. so you can post, you can do your reviews, you can do your shop. There is a list of stuff you can do, but not as diverse as a website. And the final one then is they're all going to pretty much look the same. So you can change your profile picture or your Facebook page picture. You can change your cover photo, but that's about as much control as you get. It's still going to be the blue Facebook, whereas with a website, you have almost full control over it.
0: Yeah, um, just mention as well, setting up Facebook pages, how it's simple nowadays is. I think people uh, need to check out uh, Facebook Business as well, where they can take ownership of their Facebook page, because sometimes um, employees come in and they're made administrators of the page, and then they might go, uh, but they could still be admins, or before you remove them as an admin, they could literally take down your Facebook page. So make sure you, as the creator of the Facebook page, goes on to Facebook Business then, which is a different portal, to actually take ownership of your Facebook page in case a scenario like that arises. But yeah, lots of fair points. Uh, about Facebook and there are many distractions also you know the algorithms really bothers me I remember a couple of years ago we were doing monthly um, advertising campaigns and towards the last quarter of the year they weren't that effective so I just said look we don't need to be spending any more money at the moment Um, we're we're busy enough as it is Uh, we look at new campaigns in the new year and uh, Facebook realized that so they started actually contacting me asking me to, um, like give me free credit, asking me to uh, come back advertising with them again, roping me in. Um, But I've noticed with a lot of businesses, they might start off actually maybe putting in a hundred euro a month or something like that, doing that silly thing of just boosting a post as opposed to creating an advert. And then they notice when they stop doing that, that there's no one going to their Facebook page. Whereas with your website, it's there, you know? Uh, There's no one trying to uh, take money off you. Uh, you just try and direct people to your website as often as you can. But it isn't this whole back and forth, uh, playground uh, mentality that's taking place. There
1: is, yeah. So I suppose at the end of the day, Facebook is an advertising platform. Having your business page on it is a secondary feature. It's never gonna be the number one thing for Facebook. Whereas if you're using an online website builder, so you have the likes of Wix, Weebly, squarespace wordpress shopify you're paying them for website building tools so they're not trying to get more advertising spend off you. they're not trying to you know show you above your competitors or whatnot so yeah i suppose it's a case of paying for
0: getting what you pay for Mm. at the end of the day yeah yeah because some people say i don't need a website i have i have a facebook page you know it could be a restaurant they say oh i have my menu up there uh, in photos. So yeah, you know, there's no, nothing really called menu. You have to go through searching through photographs to actually see their menu. And they say, or oh, our opening times are there. Our phone numbers there. Sure. What else more do you need than that? And an important point
1: on that is it's always good where possible to use text for information instead of images, because in a Google search, Google can't take the text out of images so if you only have your menus on a facebook page if someone's looking for something in particular certain brand of wine they want a spaghetti carbonara if that's only in the image not going to get found whereas if you have your own website where you can put up the text for the recipe name the price name that can get found on google and again more people finding you more people coming
0: through the front door there's a a business i came across recently and they had set up a website a few years ago and at the end, you know, you have that copyright thing of what year the the website was created and it was a few years out of date. And it turned out the menu uh, was out of date. And what actually happened was someone came in and designed their website and kind of a few years later, just called it a day, finished up web designing and it's gone AWOL. And they can't get the login details for their website. They're just, this website is stuck up there. It's telling an old story about the business old menu the only thing that works is when people book on the website they're still getting those emails so what would you say to businesses who are kind of dealing with situations like that where they have a website up but they can't actually get into it anymore because someone kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet
1: that's a good question and uh, to use the shopfront analogy again if you had you know menus at the front of your restaurant from three years ago you know no business owner is gonna let that happen Whereas when it's in the digital space, it is a little easier for that to end up um, happening. So a handy one, because I've had people in that situation before where they're locked out, is if your website's still there, it's probably still getting billed for. So if you get in touch with the hosting company, even if you don't know your username, you don't know your logins, generally, if you can show them an invoice for payment, if you say, I'm the guy being billed, mm. here's you know the last year of me paying you every month, they'll generally let you back in. Um, I suppose the best thing you can do is just try pick a competent web design crowd that know what they're doing. You know, there's always a trade-off where if you go with someone that does know what they're doing and has the experience, it's gonna cost you a little bit more. You might be able to find someone working out of their bedroom that'll do it for less. But like you said, if they wrap up and they leave you locked out and the wrong information up, um, that doesn't do anyone any favor. So, Yeah, best thing is just try, pick the right person, people that know what they're doing, like GK Media. (laughs) And uh, try, always keep your logins as well. So know what hosting company you're with, know what the email address to get in is. And uh, yeah, that's a good place to start.
0: Yeah, like I started off as a sole trader seven years ago at GK Media and the business has expanded since and we have a team now. And there's certain businesses where sole traders work perfectly, whether it's a plumber, electrician, you know, those sort of trade things. Uh, but I think when, when you're providing a digital suite of services, it can't be a one-person operation, you need a team. And certainly I think that's the case when, when it comes to websites. There's a business I know as well who got someone in to do a website for them, uh, did a really good job building the website, but was doing it on their own, had another job going at the time, was closing down another business, had family issues going on, and it actually took nine months to get the website up and running. Whereas initially they thought maximum, it'd take three months. Now the website that was done was good, but the client ended up being very, very frustrated uh, with uh, the, the slowness of the website. And I suppose that's a problem when you're dealing with, you know, just one person building a website for you. You know, because it's it's more than you as well that's designing websites in here for us.
1: Yeah, and understandably they were annoyed because, again, that's nine months that they weren't online, that they weren't getting found, that they weren't appearing in Google searches. Mm. And, yeah, again, the lower end of the scale, more likely to run into problems, more likely to run into delays. So, yeah, like you said, if you have a team of people, you have a much more stable foundation for getting your work done. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if someone's sick or goes AWOL or whatever, there's someone else. Exactly, yeah, someone
1: can take over. Um, You know, you wouldn't want someone to be manning your boat out at sea and only one person on the whole ship behind (laughs) the wheel. Just, yeah, need to have, um, uh, what's the word, redundancy in place because, again, you know, you're dealing with business people. You know, these are their livelihoods. They've staff to pay. They've rent to pay. So the service that they're getting needs to be equally important and equally as well looked after.
0: Now, not that we're having a go at Facebook, but I suppose another thing that businesses need to be aware of is if someone doesn't interact with your page within two weeks or they don't like something, comment on something that you've put up, shared it, whatever, looked you up specifically, your Facebook page disappears from their timeline. And the only way they're going to find you again is if they specifically do a search for you on Facebook or if you actually have an advertising campaign directed towards them. You know, and I think people think that once they're up on Facebook that it just kind of takes care of itself nicely for you.
1: Yeah, again, I suppose it's the whole nature of Facebook that they want people on it, they want to using it the whole time, they want the content going <laughs> through it, exactly the moolah. So with a website like a restaurant, it is fine if you have your menus up and they're relevant, they're what's current. You could not touch it for a month as long as nothing changes. The contact times don't change or contact details, opening hours. But as you said, with Facebook, they want stuff going up the whole time. They want a stream of information going up. And that can be difficult to do. If you're a new business and you're not new to Facebook, you can think, you know, I don't have something to put up every month. So yeah, it's another thing to keep in mind that you can't put it up and just leave it there or it's gonna disappear Mm. into the ether.
0: And then you have the really proactive people, and I suppose this is what I find uh, quite interesting as well is there's people who spend couple of hours some people a couple hours every day sorting out their Facebook posts their stories Instagram they're doing the same maybe a little bit on Twitter and they completely neglect the website they just do all the social media stuff and they completely forget about uh, reviewing and constantly refreshing their website
1: yeah which is where you're trying to put people to it is yeah because the website is where you have more control where you can show off more of your products and uh, again, to use the storefront analogy, if you don't look after it, you know, paint's gonna start flaking, moss is gonna be growing on it. So, you, yeah, you, it's not a good idea to just set all these things up and leave them there. You kinda need to keep tabs on them. You need to know, okay, I have a Twitter, I need to look after that. Um, if you're not gonna use it, there's no point in signing up to it, really. And another thing is, if you have a social media account, People expect you to be on it. They expect mm. you to be responsive on it. They nearly expect it to be you know a line of customer support. So if you have an Instagram page for example, and you're not checking the inbox and it's filling up, filling up, filling up, people might think you know that you're not proactive or that you're gone out of business even. So you know same as if you had multiple shops, you'd be looking after all of them. You need to know what online assets and tools you have and how they fit into your overall business strategy.
0: Now, Instagram does work uh, better than f- Facebook or even a website for some businesses, fair to say. But it you still do, need a yeah. website, though.
1: Uh, I think Instagram is something of a generational thing, there's kind of younger people on it. So if you were, for example, just selling clothes, if you would an online store selling to 14 to 24-year-olds, Instagram can be a very good place to do that. So again important to know who your audience are and where they're spending most of their time and get set up on those those places online
0: so instagram definitely would be great for someone who's selling clothes or hiring or renting clothes people can scroll through them yeah and all that sort of based yeah but you still need to go to the website really to book them in, in a smooth efficient manner as opposed to dm because if you want to be a business that's scaling Uh, If you're getting 100 DMs a day with bookings uh, of various days when people want to hire something out or if they just want to buy it and shipping and, you know, you're you're back and forth sorting out costings and tax and all this sort of stuff. You want them to be going to your website where all that can be seamlessly taking place in the background while you have your head on the pillow at night fast asleep. Exactly, yeah. Automated, um, set up,
1: ready to go. And like you said, working while you're asleep. Even you know, if you take your Instagram page, it's just one long scrolling window. So if you're selling different types of clothes, it might be difficult for people just to find the types of items they want. Yeah. Whereas with the website, you can have your menu item up the top that says types of clothes. Jeans, hats, socks, sizes, sizes mm. colors. Um, it gives you a lot more control over what's there, a lot more control over how people can find the stuff. And like we said earlier with the website, it can be set up in such a way that people don't have to think as much. So instead of scrolling, 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 looking what they're for, trying to find what they're looking for, they can go into the search box, they can go into your navigation bar. And it's, you know, we talk about funnels in marketing. It's a lot easier to funnel people on your website. You have more control over every part of it, from once they land, to how they look at things, to how they go through the checkout.
0: Yeah, and even by getting them to Um, subscribe to a newsletter or something like that by getting them to your website you can then start feeding them information on a regular basis or whatever it is you state monthly, quarterly and be telling them about the latest offers and products that you have Whereas if you're doing that on a social media channel you're paying really to be pushing that information out there. That you are, yeah, that you are. You were talking earlier about the different platforms your Wix, Weebly, Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress, and there's other ones out there as well more kind of complicated back-end systems which i wouldn't be a huge fan of myself personally but what are your own thoughts on those platforms for hosting
1: websites so for someone looking to you know take care of a website by themselves if they want to go down that route and um, we go with what we call a self-hosted platform so the likes of wix weebly um, and shopify you don't have to know you know, how a website works, how to code it, anything like that. You sign up, you pay your fee, and they'll give you the tools to build it with. The problem with those is again, similar to with Facebook. You're in a closed little ecosystem. If Wix don't have you know, a booking integration, if you're, if you're shipping, say, and they don't have a DPD integration for doing things like that, you're kind of stuck. So it's akin to renting a house or renting a condo, mm-hmm. you're limited with what you can do. Whereas with WordPress, which we use 95% of the time in here, it's like putting down the foundation for your own house. So a quick distinction with WordPress is there's two types or flavors. WordPress.com is like Wix and Weebly. You sign up, they take care of all the backend stuff for you and you can put up your content. WordPress.org is what we use in here. So it's a self-hosted package. You put it on what's called a hosting account where your website essentially lives and it runs itself. So the disadvantage is that it's more difficult to get up and running with, which is why if you're going that option, you generally engage someone like ourselves to put it together for you. But it is a hell of a lot more versatile. The analogy I like to use is it's a bit like a Lego house. So you can get your website up and running, and six months down the line, you can turn it into an e commerce site. You Mm -hmm. can plug in a booking system. You can plug in a whole variety of things. So there's a very big ecosystem of what we call plugins for WordPress. It's massive, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. So 10 years ago, if you wanted to get a booking system done, you'd be talking couple of thousand, maybe into the tens of thousands for someone to have to code all of that up. These days, you can buy a plugin for it. So instead of three grand to set up a booking system, we might charge say 300, and it might be say 80 euro for a plugin and 220 euro labor to put that in and set it up. Again, 10 years ago, if that was coded up for you, that goes out of date over time. So if someone's made a piece of software specifically for you, it's gonna be difficult to maintain, it's gonna be costly, it's gonna take a lot of man hours. Whereas with WordPress, these guys are selling these plugins to hundreds of thousands of people. So they're updating it all the time, they're improving it all the time. It makes it very easy to scale your business and improve it. Um, WordPress.org is also what we call open source software. So there's no running costs for using it. So Shopify, you might be paying anywhere between 10 to 60 euro a month, depending on what your package is. With WordPress, there's no monthly cost. So you do have to pay for your hosting account, mm. but that might only be, say, five euro a month. And WordPress then uh, doesn't cost a penny. And the other benefit then is there's thousands of people around the world that contribute to WordPress. So You know, As you said, the internet has changed an awful lot in the last 10 years, since it first started, since websites became a thing, Um, and WordPress has just kept up to date. There's people adding stuff to it, making it more secure, um, adding new plugins for it, new themes, keeping it moving the whole time. So it's a very, very good, stable choice to build your website from.
0: And these plugins, uh, the cost of them is once off, and they are updated when needed. With other platforms, uh, if you need a plugin for it, and if you're lucky enough that you can get a plugin for that website platform, the issue there is they're often watermarked, and to remove the watermark costs a lot of money. And if you have like four or five plugins that you need on your website, whether one is for booking, one is an e commerce one, or whatever, um, suddenly your website costs on an annual basis are quite high. Yeah, starts to rise, yeah. which
1: again, especially if you're new to business, is not the ideal scenario. So Shopify, I believe, a lot of their plugins do have a monthly cost. Um, whereas with WordPress, there are some that cost per month, but ninety-nine percent are once off. So it's you know very good in any type of business to be able to know it's going to cost this and that's it. It's not going to be you know building up
0: and up and up over yeah. time. So are there any other benefits then, Rory, to WordPress?
1: Another one would be is that
0: it is quite easy
1: once the hard development work has been set up, it's quite easy to make some of the changes yourself. So if you needed a major overhaul of it, you might have to go back to your designer to get stuff done, but it can be set up in such a way that if you just need to tweak the opening hours in the bottom, if you need to change the cost of a product, things like that, the price you're charging Mm. for it, it's quite easy to go in and do it yourself. So. Again, something we offer when we build a WordPress site for someone here is just to do a couple of hours training with them. Here's how you log in. Here's how you add your photos. Here's how you, you know, change little bits and pieces just so that you're not going back every time paying, you know, 50 to 100 euro whatever it is to get your bits and piece changes that you just have a little bit of control over it.
0: There's a, a client of ours, now we we didn't do their website, but they wanted a new page put onto their website and the person who did their website was charging them a thousand euro, which I couldn't believe because that's basically what we were charged to design yeah. a website for someone. Exactly. This was just an extra page that they wanted and they didn't know how to do it. And um, look, everyone has different ways of running their own business, but there are people who run web design businesses where they kinda, they limit your knowledge of how to use the back end of your website. So every little tweak you want to do they're gonna charge you maybe a hundred euro to change your opening hours or or whatever. And um, those costs are unforeseen at the start of the year, and and they can add up depending on what changes you need done.
1: They can, yeah, again, if your startup don't want to be breaking the bank and that sort of thing. If someone was in that case and comes along to us, again, if they're on WordPress, you know, we can unlock it for them, we can get them into the admin panel. If they've gone with some other, you know, custom piece of software we might be able to work with it but the costs are going to be higher because we have to figure out you know why did they code this here why have they put that there this part's woefully out of date etc whereas if someone is in that situation but they're on wordpress you know at the least they can still take it to us and because it's such a a well-known and commonly used piece of software we can work with it and we can um, bring those costs back down for people that do get huge quotes like that that are wondering why why is it you know costing this much some people are charging as if it took as long to make a new page for a website now as it did 10 years ago Mm. which it doesn't you know um that's why we can you know offer a better cost to people is that you know it is saving us time and we do pass along some of those savings to other people. Another benefit of WordPress would be because it's its own little independent package, it's yours, you can move it from one company to another, you can get a different developer to work on it, whereas with Wix, Weebly, Shopify, you're stuck with them. Now, they're pretty big companies, they're probably not gonna go bust anytime soon, but if they did, that's your website done and dusted. Unfortunately, if it's if it's with them, you know, you can't move it from Wix to Weebly. You have to rebuild it again. You can't move it from Weebly to Shopify, to their own little contained systems. Yeah. Whereas um, an anal- analogy would be if you get your HP printer and you can only use the HP cartridges, you're kind of locked into their system. Whereas WordPress would be the printer where you could use any ink cartridges. You're not tied down to one particular thing. And again, it's all just about giving you that versatility Um, give you the best foundation possible so that you're not trying to scrap the whole thing and start again down the line.
0: Interesting what you're saying about Wix and Weebly or or other ones, you know, that they're big companies now, but who knows? I mean, I remember the days of Bebo and MySpace. There you go. They were huge and and they're (laughs) gone now. And I mean, there's generations out there that don't even know what I'm talking about at the moment. So yeah, it's a fair point. You never know. Google likes WordPress though as well, doesn't it?
1: It does, yes. And again, there's very good free plugins for wordpress to help you with your seo with your search engine optimization the two good ones as of now are called yoast and all-in-one seo so you can put those on and they'll tell you you know you need to use your keyword more here you have images here that are as you were saying random text and numbers you need to be putting your keywords in here and and again the important the reason we talk about seo is that your website can be there but it needs to be getting found if people are putting in you know they're often not going to search specifically for your business they're gonna look for the industry that you're in and if you're not showing up you know less people are going to be finding it so yeah WordPress makes it makes it pretty handy to get found online
0: and in terms of hosting then so you were saying the likes of WordPress you would you know you'd, you'd pay to get the website designed um, but after that, the only cost is the hosting Call Yeah. it. What sort of uh, recommendations would you give to people in terms of where they should host their website? Sure.
1: So you've two main costs. If you if you say you went for the WordPress website, um, you've your hosting and your domain name or your website address. So most people would know what the website address is. It's the bit you put in at the top. It's unique to you. You're generally talking about 12 euro a year for a .com address and about 35 including VAT for .ie. Mm -hmm. So it's often a good idea to have both of these. .com is the most used one. If people know the first part of your address and they've forgotten the last part, the first thing they'll try is .com. And the .ie is specifically for Ireland, so it performs a little better in search engines for SEO because if you're, you know, mycafe.ie that says that that's an Irish business. And you do have to prove that you're an Irish business. So they might ask you for a copy of your or photo of your passport or your ID. So uh, often good to have both of those and you can use both of those on the one website. The other feed then is your hosting. So essentially what this is, is it's a special type of computer called a server and your website goes on that, and that's what makes it available 24 seven. It's what makes it load so quickly is that it's on this computer that's optimized to show content to people quickly. That'll cost you anywhere between five to 10 euro a month, round about that. And um, the crowd we usually set people up with are either Black Knight or Hosting Ireland, are two very good companies. So again, if you're doing it yourself, it can be a little tricky getting those two things set up, but when we're putting together a website here, included in our cost for people is designing your website, putting it on the hosting, directing the web address to it, and
0: then you're set up and ready to go. Because it's important to get a good hosting company because if the server goes down, you want uh, a company that has a fast turnaround and getting that server back up again. Otherwise, your, your website is down while that server is down.
1: Exactly, yeah, and a good point there. So you might, again, find a guy running a server in his bedroom and he'll do your hosting for one euro a month. Mm. But then um, his power goes, you know, while he's asleep at night, your website, he gets hacked, yes. Um, That's even more important in this day and age with GDPR. If you're selling stuff online and even if it's just as simple as someone's uh, address, their phone number and their email address, that counts as private information now and you have a responsibility to keep that safe. So if it does get hacked and people are stealing information from it, um, not good for your customers, not good for staying on the right side of the law, Mm -hmm. not good for the reputation of your business. So you might be paying a couple of euro more a month to go with a legitimate company like the likes of Hosting Ireland. But again, their whole, you know, Modus operandi as a business is to keep your website online, keep it fast, and keep it secure. And if you
0: compromise any of those three things, taking a risk. Like in terms of their servers, they're in a building where there's security, there's fiber optic broadband, there's backup generators, you know, as you sprinklers said. for if fires go out, the likes of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um,
1: there's also the security standpoint from your actual website, then. So, Again, when someone comes here and gets a website done with us, we have a checklist that we go down through for securing their website. So enforcing strong passwords and two factor authentication Mm -hmm. can be set up as well. So that's where you have to get a code from your phone to log in. So even if your own computer got hacked somehow and they get your password off it, if they don't have your mobile phone, they're not getting into your website. So, you know, Again, to use the physical shop, you wouldn't leave the front door open, alarm off, you know, windows open. You need the thing locked up, secure, keep people out. Um, It is a problem people hear about a lot. Oh, if you get a website, it might get hacked. They can deface it, you know, they can lock you out of it entirely. So again, we just take steps to ensure that doesn't happen, that people are, that only people that are authorized are able to get in. And again, like you said, with the Facebook page, it's important that you aren't assigning administrators willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, with a Facebook page, you don't really want anyone but yourself to be more than an editor. And likewise, with um, WordPress, another handy benefit of it is you can give people permissions. So you as the business owner might be administrator. Um, if you're running a cafe, you might make the... general manager and editor just so they can get on they can change the menus and whatnot um yeah it's just a good principle for it security don't give people more than they need just give them the tools that they need to do their job any more than that and yeah risk the thing risk the chance of things going amok yeah
0: well said um if people want to build a website but they don't know what sort of website they want which is a you know something in fairness we've come across quite often where people come to us they want a website designed, but they don't know exactly what sort of website they want what advice do we generally give them so the minimum that they need
1: is to know their business and who their target audience is they need a logo and they need to be able to go online and find three websites that they like that's it from there you know because we're web developers as well as designers we can take their logo their goals and the websites that they like and we can build them something that's unique matches their brand and um, looks well looks like a modern website Um, there there is an element of a website needing to look like it was built this year mm. and not in the 1990s because again that can make it look like your website's out of date if people want, they're very welcome to give more input. You know, sometimes we get people sketching out where they want things to go. Um, they might have, you know, done up a mock in anything from Microsoft Paint to Photoshop to Canva online. So they're welcome to put in as much input as they like, but if they don't know what they like, if they don't know the first thing about web design, logo, business goals, three sites you like, and off we go. They don't even need to be, you know, if you're if you're starting a solar panel installation company. You don't have to pick three solar panel companies for us to get a look at, just three websites that you like the look of, you like the flow of. We'll take that, we'll take our knowledge of design, we'll take our knowledge of um, user interface and user experience, which is making it streamlined, making all the information easy to find. And yeah, that'll be the minimum.
0: Yeah, because I like to use the analogy where it's like, walking onto an empty side of land that you've just bought to build your house. We you have no idea what sort of house you want to build. I'd say the best way of finding out is start looking at houses and you'll see quickly what you like, the designs you like and the designs you don't like. Um, so I, I think it's the same with websites, but look at what your competitors have as well, because sometimes we, we, we create this wall where it's like, oh, they don't exist or I don't want to know anything yeah. about them. <laughs> Blinders. Yeah, but see what your competitor is doing and what you like about it so you can emulate the same and what you not like where you want to make sure that sort of feature or function doesn't appear on your website
1: yeah it's a good thing to do and again some people might be worried that they're you know copying their competitors website um which is why we ask for two or three so it's fine to go on and say you know i like this bit in particular can we do something like that as long as you're not copying it verbatim but mm. yeah it's good to see what your competitors are doing um, I find a lot of people can tell the difference between a good site and a bad site. They might not be able to say why, like they might not know about, you know, proximity and, and contrast and alignment and things like that. But um, most people seem to know when they look at a website straight away, especially because again, people are on their phone so much, you know, most people these days will have seen, you know, over a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand websites if you've, if you've been on the internet for any length of time. So, yeah, don't ignore your competitors. They are there, you know, they're in the same space as you. And, you know, they might be on the other side of the country, but when you're online, they're only, you know, they're only ever a Google search away. So, yeah, see what they're doing, see what's working well.
0: You mentioned Google search there as well. And I think people. Think that putting money in to advertising helps the Google rankings and search, and it, and it doesn't. It's you know it's really all about how much time people spend on a website and what they're clicking from Google to your website that is actually relevant.
1: It is, yeah. So there is a distinction there between your what we call your organic search ranking. So things Google like to see is how long people spend on your website. If people are clicking in and leaving after two seconds. Google will see that. Mm-hmm. They'll know that um, your website isn't relevant or it isn't looking well. Um, Google can scan your website now and tell you, this doesn't work on mobile. This text is too small. These buttons are too close together. And again, all of things being equal with the competitor website, if theirs, according to Google, works better on mobile, they'll appear higher up. Another thing is, if you can, it's good to push content onto your website. So. If you don't have a lot of content for a site, you know, you don't have to have a blog section, you don't have to have a news section, but if you can, even if it's just a bit of text every month, Google do like to see that there is new stuff going up onto it, there's changes being made to it, that it isn't fully stagnant. And you know, they're not going to it's not like a case with Facebook, if you don't touch it for a year that they're going to take it down. Yeah. It will probably still appear, but it is good to good to put up um, even if it's just a photo gallery and you're putting up a picture a month, Google like to see that. And yes, the advertising is separate then. So if your SEO is poor, you might not be showing up at all for say if your solar panel installation, um, Google's separate then as long as you're paying the money, they'll put you
0: up there in your your little ad box. Yeah, excellent. So I suppose people need to be refreshing their website uh, every few months at least. Anyways, like think of all the work they're putting into social media channels; they need to be certainly doing a little bit of that towards their website. And I suppose the general rule of thumb is you need to kind of completely refresh your website about every three years.
1: Yeah, because you know if you if you do find a website that says you know copyright nineteen ninety, you can see very clearly that it is. An older design so design does change you know what's fresh now and what people like now is going to change down the line so you do need to you know make it look like it's it's you know in the year 2020 so yeah every every couple of years or so it is good to to tweak it even just from the point of view if someone lands on the website and a bit of the design has changed they'll know oh this business is active mm-hmm. they're changing it up they're keeping an eye on it and um, people will judge you based on your website. If your website's messy, if it's not laid out properly, that might not be the case inside your business, but that's just the way people work. They will make that link, unfortunately. So the better your website looks, the clearer it is, the better an impression of your business people are gonna get. They say don't judge a book by its cover, but. People do. Mm. Same situation with a website, unfortunately. Unfortunately, if it's a bad design, but fortunate if
0: it's a good design. Yeah, and it is, again, like going into a shop. If you see, it's got new furnishings, new lick of paint or something like that. You know, for the staff in there, it's good, but even for the customers, everything looks fresh, new, exciting again. Exactly. By kind of setting that rule of thumb of every three years completely refreshing your website, Uh, It's a great way of just completely starting again with a blank canvas and saying, okay, maybe my message of the business has changed in the last three years, maybe our target audience, our products, our services, but it literally gives you an opportunity to start from scratch again and say, okay, this is where we are now. This is where we wanna go over the next three years. Let's get that message up on our website clearly.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point that even the design aside, it's even just a good way to, you know, have a new brainstorm at your business. And um, again, one of the things we do here to help with that is on all our client websites, we put on tools like Google Analytics. So, you know, when you do come back in three years and say, I want to change it, we can make informed design changes. We can see that, ah, people were leaving this page a lot, they weren't engaging with it, whereas people were spending a couple of minutes on this page or there's even tools now like heat maps. We can see that people weren't scrolling down here for some reason. We can see that they were hovering their mouse on this section, but this section was getting neglected. But that section's linked to your business goals. So we can gather that data over the years, look at it, and then use that to make an informed improvements to the website so that it's not just changing the look of it, but it's actually improving the functionality and making it a better browsing experience for the customer.
0: Excellent. So I suppose wrapping up then, in in terms of cost, now obviously if someone wants to build an Amazon-type website (laughs) where they're selling millions of products, it's a completely different ballpark price-wise. But generally if someone just wants to build a website where they have a page talking about the services of their products, maybe a bit of e-commerce to it, some videos, like testimonials are great to have in a website. I highly recommend them or reviews from your customers because that's what we do. We're doing our our homework. Your, your website is where your customer does their homework to find out more about your business, what people are saying about your business. Like the amount of, um, even touching on reviews, the amount of work we have gotten from people saying, God, I've read testimonials about you. I've read the reviews. I've seen the video testimonials, you know, straight away. That's what urged me to pick up the phone and call you. So all those things, you know, in my opinion, are worth integrating into your website. But overall cost wise, if you're talking five, six pages, uh, ballpark? So the
1: first one to do a ballpark might be um, what we call a one-page website, which again, a lot of new businesses might go for if they don't have the content for a separate about page or a separate gallery or whatnot. Um, we can set them up with what's called a one-pager website. So you might be talking anywhere between 800 to 1000 for that plus VAT. For your website that has a couple of pages, might have a contact form, links to your social media, anywhere from the thousand to a thousand and a half and the next tier then would be if you're selling online if you're putting products up um, if you're offering subscription services booking services anywhere again between a thousand and a half to two thousand is kind of what you're looking Mm -hmm. at and again a handy trick that often works for us if someone says oh that's too expensive go get some other quotes, go get some other people, and when you see the, 8,000 euro,
0: that's a bit big, then uh, yeah, that generally (laughs) makes people sweeter with the price. And I think as well what works really well about the team here in GK Media is you have people from different areas of expertise. So, you know, my own area would certainly be in broadcasting, podcasting, all that sort of stuff and we have people involved in videography, editing, photography, web design, web creation, SEO, marketing, social media. So when you have this pool of experts together, uh, it's amazing how uh, that talent and expertise kind of crosses over so that client may only want to get a website design, but we're able to feed them the information and advice if they're looking to go down the route with social media, or they're looking to kind of develop more marketing campaigns, or teasing the idea of putting videos on the website you know it makes a difference as opposed to just going to someone who solely deals with websites
1: it does yeah and it results in a better product because you know you can say to me this video might be better here that video is you know too long for people to watch might be good to have a video in the background of the page here so again yeah the more expertise you have in those different areas the better it pulls in and even from a saving time point of view if you know the one business can handle all of your stuff instead of having to go to you know separate person for web for video yeah. for marketing there's the time that it takes to have to deal with all those people and to try make them work together whereas again when it's all under the one roof from here it just flows smoother you know things get done people help each other out people give each other advice and uh, yeah you end up with a much better finished product
0: Perfect. Well, Rory, listen, thanks, many for chatting with us today. I uh, really Thank appreciate you too. it. Happy out. Uh, and hopefully, you've gotten a better idea of what you need to be thinking about if you're looking at starting a website from scratch now or just redesigning what you already have up online. And we'd be more than happy to talk to you as well and help you out with that. Just head to our website for more information gkmedia.ie.